Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, my name is Lynn Song and welcome to Enlightened Conversations with Lynn Song. I'm really looking forward to today's episode because I've got someone really special to introduce you to. Her name is Julia Atkins and she's an upcoming and very enlightened medium in the making. So Jules, welcome to the show. Would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit to everyone? Hi, I'm Jules. I live up in far north Queensland, um, sort of the cyclone just below us, so we've all got a lot going on up here. Um, mum to three little boys, um, busy all the time, and I'm just getting into the whole workings of everything at the moment and discovering and learning with Lynn's help. Okay, so just maybe you'd like to tell everybody, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there watching this that are maybe new to working with spirit and the ways that spirit can suddenly just pop in for us. Like if I give a little background just to give you a context to go from, for myself, I remember things happening to me when I was a really little girl and I would be too scared to put my feet out of bed, for instance, because of the dreams and because of the power animals as I later found out, that were actually swimming around under my bed or coming up to say good day or what have you, and then the dead people, the ones that have passed over, that would be popping in and out. So um, just so people know, it can come in for all of us in lots of different ways. So some of us might be awake, so to speak, right from the go-get, whereas for others of us, it can come in just spontaneously, which is more or less what happened to you in some ways, isn't it? So would you like to just share a little bit about that because I'm really curious to hear more. Yeah, no, well, I think um, when I was a lot younger, I used to hear things and things in my, you know, in the bedrooms. I used to, a lot of stuff used to go on that used to actually scare me, but I wasn't aware of what that was. Um, so I used to have bad dreams and, you know, just a lot of things used to happen because I took it in a negative way because I wasn't sure what it was. Um, then as I grew up, um, I started getting into more so the angel cards. And that just came about by one day a lady offering me Adoring Virtue book. Um, which opened my eyes completely to a, a new world. Um, and from there, I just sort of, I still didn't really understand my spirituality. I knew something was different, but I didn't quite, I, I mean, I, I just didn't un- understand it. And I didn't really venture out to find out too much about it either. Um, and then I had an awakening, um, well, 27th of April last year, which was was just massive, huge, Oh, it was, it was, I can't even describe how incredible it was. It was just, literally, I woke, I went, saw a big, beautiful double rainbow that afternoon and I knew it was a sign. Like, I just knew they were saying hello. Like, and then the next morning when I woke up, I was a completely different person. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Now, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think there's a lot of folk that have had those kinds of experience and once spirit starts to come into you and around you, you've, kind of drop some of the human side of yourself and all this new awareness starts to come in, all this different other way of looking at the world and interacting and so on. And it can either be a bit scary like it was for both of us, obviously, when we were little kids, or it can be something that is eased into you and then there's the folk that get the sudden big download and think, what is going on with the universe now? So, yeah, how did that affect you? How has it changed you from what you were like, the kind of person you were, to where you're sitting now? Well, I think because it hit me literally, it was like a bombshell. 
like and I and it my world changed so completely it was literally I woke up that next morning on the 28th of April um and it was like I had two sets of eyes looking at the one set so I had so it was very conflicting for me because I wasn't understanding what was happening I felt like I was going a little bit um a little bit crazy in a way because for three whole nights after that happened I was all night I had dreams I had um you know passed over loved ones I had guardian angels every single night just saying you need to take this leap you need to jump you need to and they were really getting me to understand that I actually need to take the next step. Um, so I had no sleep for that three days and all this, I hang the washing out the line and I was, I burst into tears because I, I thought the birds were so amazingly beautiful. Little things like that, like my heightened senses were just, ah, oh, like I, it's, it's just incredible. I, like I still look back now and go, I, I can't even, yeah, it's so hard to describe. It was just, it's just completely new eyes looking through my own eyes. I mean, I was explaining yeah. that to my mum because I had no one to really speak to about it. She's like, oh, you're sure you're okay? I said, oh, I think so. <laughs> I think I'm all right. <laughs> and, it, and it is like that, isn't it? I know for me, the more spirit downloads and the more I let go of the that, you know, fearful or conditioning stuff from childhood, the more I'm open to it. So, like, even as I'm watching you right now, and I'm not sure how everybody else out there seeing this is going to observe it, I'm actually seeing your aura expanding around you the more you're sort of coming into that connection with the heart self and, and what we call like the higher self, which is your divine essence, the eternal part, um, what happens is you do feel like there's another set of eyes seeing through your physical self. And it, it doesn't mean for those who don't know about this stuff to do with mediumship and working with spirit, it doesn't mean you're possessed. I want you to know that right from the go-get. It is the most incredible, loving, uplifting, powerful energy. And all you want to do is just like smile sometimes you want to cry because the love is so huge it's so in, intense and, and even now you can hear it in my throat it, it's hard to put it into words and you do start to see everything around you in a really other different way and if you don't know what's going on it can be a little bit scary and overpowering at first and I think you've handled it really really well you've kind of um reached out to people so that you could get support to find out what was going on I think it's great that your mum's been there and in the background and you've also had um, your nana around haven't you in spirit coming in to sort of support you in varying ways yeah I've had um I've had my nana and my grandma come through um in the yeah when it first started they were around a lot it's sort of I mean they're there now but sort of taped it off a bit because I think they know that I've got a handle I've got a bit of a handle on the situation now um but yeah no I've had without that's the thing before the awakening I didn't realize actually how much spiritual support I actually had mm-hmm once the awakening and once I actually opened up to the, the the higher self, everything became, everything was just clear that I didn't realise, yeah, you, you know, it's odd. It's like you click into a different consciousness, like you can understand everything else so much more clearly. I think you're absolutely right with that. And it's like a lot of what was is no longer relevant in your life. And it doesn't mean that that was bad or insignificant or anything like that. It's just that you're starting now to marry those two parts of you, the human self, and that higher energy, the higher self, that is the part that's going to help you now as you move through the world and, and you know, living your life really in a very different way because I know we've um, talked about this when we've had our little sessions via Skype and you and I have both found that, for instance, things like diet change, so certain foods and stuff that you might have once eaten, it's no longer feels right for you to eat it anymore because your body, you're tuning into your physical self and also that spiritual team of allies that we've all got around us are saying, 
you need to eat better and drink this and do that so that you're able to carry that energy because it doesn't seem to, or I found anyway, it doesn't seem to sit as well in our heavier body. When we're lighter in our body, then we seem to be able to manage it a lot better. Have you found that? Yeah, and that's been one of the main things, I think, because that's a, yeah, we were saying that in the last sort of 11 months, that where I was um, through my old eyes, to where I sort of am now with my old eyes and my new eyes, um, is like alcohol and alcohol has gone by the wayside, which used to, I used to love a drink. And it's not that I've decided not to drink and not to eat meat. It's like my body, my body's made a decision for me. So I either go with it, you know, and which I am doing, I'm embracing mm -hmm. that. And yep. if I go against it, I feel like absolute crap. You know, so yeah, the same so, sort of thing, yeah. 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 So I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I was a meat lover, like carnival, and loved my drinks. And it's so in that respect, it's um, it's it's a huge change for me. So I'm still, um, I'm still getting my head around that bit. That it's where I was 11 months ago to where I am now is just like completely different person. Like it's, I mean, same person, but it's complete. It just my body's everything's changed. Yeah, so, and, and I just remember, and I'm recalling for everybody else out there as well, so one of the first tools that you were given was a set of cards that you started to use to help you to start to get more clarity on what was going on. So how, have you, how are you finding that now? Are you sort of sitting in the same place with them or are you evolving? Are there new tools that you're using or are you finding you don't need to use cards at all? Because I know for me it's evolved over the years. Yeah, oh, definitely, because um, I was doing the, the angel cards like all, like all the time, like in, in the years previous, because I was, I was now in hindsight, I can tell that I was actually looking for answers of what I was actually feeling and going on. So I was using the angel cards for myself to try and just try and get something. You know, I used to psychic hop and I used to just try and get, I didn't know, I knew something was happening, but I was trying to find the answer. And I didn't get the answers until the awakening. Um, okay. Yeah, so now I don't need the cards. I don't, yeah, I don't really use them much anymore. Um, I've, yeah, we got the new deck that I love, which I do now and again for for myself. But I don't I don't use them as a crutch anymore because I can feel and I can sense and I can hear and I can go into my zone and I can have a little chat. <laughs> with, that, you know. That's fantastic. I applaud you for that. I mean, I think that's really important for everybody to realise that we've all got that what I call the intuitive shaman within us. So when you tap in, in into that beautiful part of you and let that wisdom come through. You don't, you'd really quickly find out, don't you, that you don't actually need any other tools at all. And it's lovely to have the cards or your crystals. And I've got a house full of crystals because I adore them. I don't actually need to use them to do things. It's just I find they enhance things for me. And I love being able to play around with that but not have to be dependent on anything. So basically it means people like us can get up and go anywhere. And if it's right to do a reading or give messages or what have you, we'll be able to do that. Are you finding that's sort of coming more and more into play for you in your everyday life? And I am. And I've, I've found because um, the energies, um, so I can sense energies so much. It's um, I've had to, I mean, you've taught me all of it about how just the things I didn't even know when it first started, like when I used to go to a supermarket, I'd get completely overwhelmed and have anxiety and just, you know, just get, I didn't know what that used to be, but now I know about the grounding and stuff I've got to do before I go to places. Um, and I just, yeah, I, yeah, everything's just, I don't really use crystals and, and stuff. I probably should use, I do want to actually get into more crystals and work. <laughs> I, I do want to, but still, and there's so much that I've still yet to explore because I'm still such a newbie to it all and I'm excited to explore it all. 
Yeah. yeah, I think you've been doing really, really well. For those of you who don't know, Julia and I work together um, and we do sessions once a month and often more than that because so much will be coming in for her and or for me. So what we found is that, one, and I you know, encourage every single person out there watching this show today, tonight, to make sure that you do do basic things like grounding yourself. There's a lot, a lot of different ways that you can do that because the more grounded you are energetically speaking and physically speaking, the less you get knocked around by those energies in supermarkets and places like that or if you go out in the big crowds. Another thing that we talk about and teach each other to some degree or other is how important it is to have these sanctuary or boundaries of self-love around you because when you're opening to your mediumship and your psychic abilities, what can happen is that a lot of energy will start coming in around you and some of it actually isn't the really good stuff, the heart-centred stuff, the unconditional love that we want. So for Jules, that was one of the things that we first talked about, wasn't it? How did you find, how were you before? Maybe if you could tell just a little bit about that to everybody. How were you before you started practising the grounding and then once I took you through the process, how have you since? Well, if only I knew about the grounding of things when I was a 10-year-old, you know, because the stuff that used to come through was, it wasn't nice stuff at all. It was, you know, it was dark, it was dark stuff. And because... Um, uh, and I'm not sure even still why that was, but somehow I think the light in me shined enough to just get me through and I just sort of excelled after that. Um, but I think even like when the spiritual like awakening happened, um, I obviously didn't know anything about the grounding. I hadn't met you yet. I had no one to speak to. And I was, my head was a, a roller coaster. Like cause I was feeling everything from every single angle. You know, my dreams wouldn't, you know, stop during the day, wouldn't stop. So it was completely exhausting. Um, but then when you taught me the grounding and taught me some other tools, my world became so much easier to handle. Yeah. Oh my God, the grounding was just an incredible and, um, you know, the crystal pyramid, things like that, just such amazing tools that actually allowed me to enjoy the process, not be, you know, try to hide away because it was too overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that's really important for everybody to know about. Like, there's a, And for those of you who don't know, there's a number of different ways you can ground. One of them is to literally just go outside and walk on the earth. And you don't need to do anything more than that. If you want to lay down on the grass, then by all means go ahead and do that. Walk at the beach, go out in the bush. All of that will help you to ground. Otherwise, what you can do is visualisation techniques. So if we were to talk about techniques and ways of doing it, what's your preferred way? Do you find that you're very visual and you can easily go into a meditative state with it? Or do you prefer to have something playing in the background that kind of talks you through a process? What would you teach to other folk out there? Yeah, well, when I I try because you know I'm just I'm crazy crazy busy all the time, and sometimes I will forget to ground. But I use, try to do it every night when I do go to bed, and I do do a bit of visualization when I'm in bed if I don't fall asleep before I finish it. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've, I you know I visualize the grounding, and the um the first one that you took me through um was meeting the, the tree and meeting all that sort of thing. So I still I've got a good relationship with that um you know so I, I go there and I ground um. But just during the day, I just mentally just, I, you know, that's helped a lot, the, um, the fingers. Um, but, yeah, I find now that um, if, I, if I start feeling too overwhelmed, I know that I haven't grounded. And I go, oh, I haven't done that. Better do that. And it's just a quick, like, a quick thought of, thought of my grounding and that's it. It's not, I don't have to do it until meditation or anything to do it. Well, that's absolutely fantastic because I think some people do mistakenly think you've got to do this great big long process that's going to take you 20 or 30 minutes. And really what I've found over the years is 
once I've worked out the way that's best for me, I just now click my fingers and then I'm there, I'm done, it's, it's sorted and all I've got to do is just get on about my day. And if I find I'm a bit out of sorts, then I just need to remember, okay, I need to ground right now and I need to put that sanctuary around me. And when the higher energies are coming in, that can, for those of you who haven't worked with energy a lot, it can actually really make you feel a bit wobbly and a little bit like a space cadet. So if you find that going on, that's when it's really important that you do do some grounding. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think so, and especially at the moment, um, like with the cyclone that is going on, like I didn't sleep much last night. Like I had the, the constant sort of, um, the, the anxious sort of feeling that I get when I know there's massive big energy around. Um, and that's yeah. why I've had all morning as well. But I got all my angel um, dots everywhere last night. So I knew they were around. And I've had them all morning again today. Um, I've had Archangel Michael, like I've had, you know, I've had all the bright colours and the sparkles everywhere. Um, just, and I, and I knew what I was going to be doing this as well. So, you know, you know. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, grounding is very, extremely important, especially like in the early days when you're first starting out and it is overwhelming. Mm. It is for sure. And I think, uh, you know, the point that you've just really well mentioned about having your, your spiritual allies around. So for me, that means everything from angels to ascended masters, power animals and all that sort of stuff. And the thing for everyone out there to know is that, that you've got them too. Everybody's got these beautiful sacred light beings around us that want to help and support. So you invite them to come in so that you've got your team with you and, and you can go and work with them about anything. And, and like Jules has done today, for those of you watching this, because it'll be in another week, massive big cyclone happening here in our country right now as we're recording this. And there's a lot of fear energy going on out there. So that's when it's another really important time when things are a bit wobbly in your inner and outer worlds to, to do your grounding, holding that space. Because when we come back into love, then we're not buying into the fear and that's when we're actually a really great tool to be able to work with other people to help them to just calm the energies, to settle things down so that people energetically feel, even if they don't consciously know what it means, they're energetically starting to feel that love and that strength around them. And I love the way that your angels and guides appear as like, you know, little sparkles of light or shining beings or orbs, however you're getting them. I think that's just truly wonderful. And I encourage everybody to find their version of that for themselves because it, it just, um, I know for me, it's like you can kind of lean back into them and you know they've got your back and, and that just provides such strength in the most amazing ways that you can't really put into words so well. Okay, so I want to just go on to a little bit of the mediumship now and I want to make a few distinctions here. I'm going to ask for your input as well on this, Jules. One of the things I learned a long time ago is that all mediums are psychic. So for those of you who don't understand what I'm saying by that, mediums are the folk that bring in spirit, dead people, if you want to call them that, that come in and they have messages. And often it's family and friends, either for yourself, or it could be if you're like me and you do readings with other people. It can be that they're coming in for those people that you're going to do a read for. Then you've got the psychic abilities. And every single person on the planet has psychic abilities to some degree or other. They're part of our natural human self. It's just in Western culture in particular, it got suppressed for thousands of years. Now more and more people are talking about it. So we're talking about things like being able to see clearly as in spirit way, um, to hear with your other senses, to feel, to know, to touch, to taste. For some people, it also involves sacred scent. So these are gifts that the more you start working with your higher self, the more you're expanding all of your potential as a being. 
And what Jules has found is that that's coming in for her. So do you want to just have a little talk about some of the ones that are your strongest? Like do you feel more or see or hear or know? or How does it work for you? Um, I, I think, um, not, not to sound naive or anything, because I'm still learning what everything actually is and means, um, but I think maybe a little bit of everything, sort of across the board, I think. Um, my, probably my main one is the, um, like I feel things really full on and it, like it brings out as if I'm going to have an anxiety attack until I learnt the grounding. Um, so I'm going to start feeling like that. Like I know, you know, that, so yes, yeah, so the feeling is a lot. Um, I can also, I can just, I can know, I see a person and I sort of, I just already know who they are without them opening their mouths. Um, I get a sense of if I'm going to like them or if I'm not, or whether to walk away or whether, you know, be friends with this person. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't really, and I can sometimes, I can sometimes hear, not as in talking in my ear, but hear in my head, um, if there's a spirit around or something, I'll just get, and a lot of times for me too, is which I'm just sort of realising the last maybe couple of weeks, is whenever I'm needing some guidance or something, a, a song will just pop into my head that I'll start singing internally in my head. And I'm like, where did that come from? But then it's actually associated right back. If I listen, actually really hear the words that I'm singing in my head, it's actually made complete sense of the situation I needed help with, um, which is really awesome, actually. So all these weird songs are coming up everywhere. Yeah, um, fantastic. But I think, um, but yeah, I think on a lot of levels, like I said, I'm still learning what they are, but yeah, I think a bit, a bit of everything, really, but mainly the feeling, the em empathetic, em empath sort of stuff. I think that's really cool. And, and, you know, there are, there's all those great repertoire of things that we've got. The feeling one, the knowing, they're the two I think that are really the most important if you want to have a hierarchy, which I don't really want to do, but if you need a hierarchy for them, when you can do the feeling and, and the inner knowing, then it, that's you responding with your body to what's going on out there energetically. And often they're a much better... Um, indicator if you like of of the truth of something of what's really going on whereas the mind chatterer can get in the road and sometimes distort the the clairvoyance the seeing things and, and a lot of folk do see really well i'm not saying that that's not a great gift and i know for me i feel really blessed to have it as one of mine however i know it's not the be all and end all so don't worry if you can't see spirits around people or rainbow auras or whatever. It's more about coming into what do you feel? What are you actually sensing that's going on out there? And then you're starting to become your own intuitive compass, if you like, so that you know this is a good person for me to be around or no, something's not quite right in that area and I don't really want to go there. I'm going to go over here and talk to this other person instead or you may be like you've been getting with the songs. I love that because I get things like that as little signs from spirit for me as well or words will pop in my head if I'm asking guidance and clarity on something. And so I'll hear like today's new moon. So one of the things that's been coming through for me, for instance, is to be asking for absolute clarity. So in other words, sometimes when spirit's teaching us, it kind of comes through like in stories or metaphors or a jigsaw puzzle and you feel like you're missing pieces I don't want to play that game anymore. My hand is up. I want absolute clarity so I know exactly what's going on and I get straight to the chase and then the signs and the symbols and things will come in to affirm for me that that's what's going on for me now. And I just find that really empowering, uplifting. So loving hearing about your songs. I think that's really great and, you know, reassuring for other people to know every one of us kind of gets their own way of being able to do it. Okay, so we'll just move forward a little bit then. So I know that recently you've just been starting to explore a little bit about giving readings for people because you do get messages and stuff like that. 
And one of the first things that Jules and I talked about was protocols like making sure she's got her boundaries around it, for instance, um, making sure that the beings that come through, I always insist they've got to be Christ consciousness level or higher because there are heavier energies out there. And as Jules referred to earlier, sometimes what happens is we're awakening and it can happen when we're young children, especially because we're such a beautiful, innocent, bright, shining light that the heavier energies can come around because they want that love, they want that light. They don't understand that according to universal law, they've no right to take it off any of us. It has to be at our invitation to share. So it's really important that you have got your boundaries and all that sort of thing. And then to start discerning who is coming in, what's the message about, how do I actually feel in here about sharing those messages? So what kind of things have been happening for you and how have you been going about giving little readings to people just as you're starting to develop your consciousness with this? Yeah, well, in the, in the sort of small group of people that I've actually, you know, is actually know about all this, but when I first started doing the first reading, I was, I was quite um, shocked because it, so I sort of did it, did it quite naturally. Like I, and I sort of, part of you thinks like you're making it up when you're first doing it because it's just sort of coming in and it's just like, but then you feel, I can't be making that up because it's like a picture in front of me. So I haven't just made that up. Um, and before I sort of knew, or not, not before I knew, but I wasn't putting up my gatekeepers or all that sort of thing. And I had, I did have a, a rogue spirit sort of come in and stand really tall over top of me and say, what are you doing here? Like he wasn't real happy. And I wasn't sure if he was meant to be part of this reading or not. So I, I came back out and I went back in and he came back. But I did send him away and he left then and I could get on with what I was doing. Um, so since then, and since you gave me the other tools, or gatekeepers are always up, and I always ask, you know, for the and that absolute clarity is the newest thing I've been doing, because you know that's of this. But um, in the in the few sort of readings I have done, um, for me it sort of it plays out like sometimes I'll put myself there beside the person, so then the spirit coming to talk to the person I'm doing the reading for while I'm just a, like I'm watching, or that just plays like a video in front of me. So I can just, so I, I write things down as I go. Um, and it just, I just write down what I'm seeing. Like sometimes I'll get an odd number, like just number 17, and it just keeps coming up. And to me, it means nothing. But when I told my girlfriend about this, that was the actual number of the new house she was moving into. Um, so, just, yeah, so things we don't think, um, well, they, they don't mean anything to us, but they mean a lot to the person, significant to the person who you're doing it for. So don't dismiss anything that you think's not, not real because there's someone else that probably is. Mm. I think that's a really relevant point because when we're doing readings for other people, we don't actually know what might be the one key, the one beautiful gift that we can give them to help them either get clarity about what's going on in their life or maybe if somebody's passed over to know that that being that person is actually okay, they are happy and joyful where they are on the other side. And, and so those sorts of confirmations are really, really good. Another thing that I learned early on too, and I think that you and I have talked about this, is um, I know that I'll get messages for people and I've learned because my own upbringing, I guess, is to be polite and ask first. So, for instance, for anyone out there watching, if you do get messages and stuff like that or you're feeling an energy that you, you kind of know who it's meant to go to, you always ask the person first. You never, ever presume that you know so much that they have to hear whatever it is you've got to say right now because 
we have to respect people's, you know, rights to be able to say yes or no to something and to not be intrusive or to come across as a big know-it-all or what have you. And I think from what I've, you know, seen and heard with you, you've been really respectful about this. So how, how would you teach somebody else who's new like yourself? How would you teach them to go about approaching somebody and saying, look, I've got this message or this spirit? Yeah. Well, the... Um well, the people that I've actually let into the into my group is people that I've actually been guided to let into, who I knew that I could actually do a reading for and I'd get honest feedback um, about. But when um, I've had one situation where I've had someone nagging at me um, about um, just need to get it, and they wanted me to tell someone something, I didn't really know what was happening. But when I walked into a shop, it became apparent that I was meant to give a message to the lady in this shop. But the spirit wasn't, he wasn't happy and he wasn't, he, and he was just very mumbled and he, he just wasn't a happy spirit at all. And I was sort of wanted to hot-tail it out of there. But I didn't, I used my sort of intuition. I didn't pass on to this grieving mother that her son wasn't, wasn't happy. He wasn't at peace um, because he'd, you know, he'd taken his own life a few months earlier. Um, so I decided in my own discretion to not pass that on because I think a, a, someone grieving needs to sort of, they don't need that on top of what, you know, um, so that was a real eye-opener for me. Um, I think that was great discernment doing that because you're right, there are some times when that spirit who's crossed isn't ready yet. They haven't come to that healing place. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to go and burden somebody who's already, you know, very obviously still grieving and going through her own stuff? So I, th- I think that heart-centred connection is really important for people to understand about and to trust that intuitive gut that says no Right now isn't the right time, but later on, if it's meant to be, in a more loving way, we'll talk with that person about what messages are. That, that, that is what I thought too, that if, because I, I go into that shop maybe once every couple of months, and if there was something else he needed me to say to his mother that was more positive, I'm more than happy to pass that on, um, but not when he was so scattered and, yeah. yeah I'm, and that's the thing I think I'm learning too is, the whole gut feeling is just so you really, really need to follow that because that is everyone's got that and it is intuition, but people don't, they think, oh, it's a gut feeling, but it's actually your intuition, you know, so you really need to follow it. So and I'm, I'm teaching that to everybody I know. <laughs> follow your gut. Your head, might, your head might make you angry, you know, but follow your gut, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree with you on that one. And it's something that, you know, if I had my way, I'd love to see children in schools in the most beautiful way and definitely done with a lot of um, good protocols in place. But it'd be wonderful to be able to see children learning how to do stuff like this so that they know not to take on the stuff that's going on with all their little friends or to be overwhelmed with all the work that they're having to do. And the stuff that can start to play out for children in schools can be really huge. If you can teach them about boundaries and self-love and all that from the go-get, then we don't, I don't think we'd have half the problems that we see go on with in a lot of places today and with people, including those of us that, like in, our, in my family at any rate, um, my parents didn't know how to deal with someone like me who's seeing spirit and power animals and all the rest of it. If you can show people from the go-get, it's not something to be scared about and this is how you can learn to work with that and trusting the gut is just absolutely massive to be able to do that one. I mean, we hear about um, policemen talking about it when they're going out on crime scenes. We hear about doctors and nurses following their intuition, their gut instinct to try something radical for somebody that actually works in a healing. So I think the more we can make the sort of stuff that we do and using those other abilities a part of everyday life, then it demystifies it and it also stops thinking, you know, that 
that other people, just because they're out there doing it as a living, are better than you or I. They're not. It's We've all got them. It's just whether you want to explore that a bit more and how you're going to go about playing with it. So have you finding that you there's any of this that you're now teaching to your boys? Because I know you've got three little fellas. How are you interacting with them with this or have you just kept that as another aside to teach them later on? Yeah, well, I've, I've never... Um, I've never spoke to the boys um, necessarily about about God as such. I've always always said to them there are you, there are higher powers and you've got guardian angels and they're all, they're always around you and they're always going to protect you. And I've, I've let them know that they're quite. It's not strange to talk to them. You know, if you want to if you want to have a, a chat to them and you know if you're feeling a bit sad or something, you can you can talk you can talk to them because they'll hear you. Um, so that's pretty much as far as and especially when like the kids you know they've woken up in the morning and said, Mum, this great big sunshine appeared on my bed in the middle of the night and then it was there and told me how good I was and then it just vanished up through the roof again. Wonderful. Yeah. And the kids, when they come up, it's really, I was quite happy to say, yeah, well, that, that was your guardian angel coming to say hello and just to let you know everything's all right. And I said, you know, and it's all just very much just a normal part of how I brought the kids up. Um, not so much as a God who's created everything, but it's, it's a guardian angel and yeah, and, and your, your loved ones that have passed over, they know about that, that the, the spirit always leaves the body when someone dies, just the body that's left, but the spirit lives on. Um, so that makes death not as sad. Um, yeah, I think that's a really, I love what you're talking about because to me it's like a really natural process. Mm. For me personally, because I'm not going to push my views on anybody, I don't believe that religion is the be all and end all. So I was a bit like you, I didn't bring my kids up with any particular religious tradition to follow even though I'd had one myself as a child because I believe that actually each of us has got our own pathway with spirit so however we're going to work with that and angels and archangels are a huge part of every tradition if you want to go back to the religious way if you just go with indigenous culture they'll talk about the bird tribes and stuff for instance which means the shining ones so you just naturally being able to talk to your little boys and say that's great this is your archangel that's come in that helps them to know that that's okay. It's natural. I can talk with that beautiful archangel anytime I want to. And by the way, they look like a big sun. How cool is that? I mean, if we could do more of that, there'd be a lot happier people in the world, I think, for everywhere. <laughs> and, and you're not following any one particular dogma then. The main things being, you know, that we, we stick to that protocol of um, free will and respecting other people's free will and, and their sacred space just like we want our own, our own to be honest. I think that's really wonderful gift that you're giving them so all right, I'm going to just divert a little bit now so for those that are watching when Jules and I first started working together one of the things I started teaching her about was aside from the grounding in the sanctuary and sacred space or, or boundary of self-love however you want to call it we started talking about the other realms so for those of you who this might sound a little bit woo-woo to when I'm talking about the other realms I'm talking about what we call non-ordinary reality and that's the places where the power animals live and where the spirit guides, the angels and so on live. So they're parallel to this world. And a bit like we were talking about earlier, when I get my visions coming in as well, it's a bit like a, a clear screen that comes down and I'll see and hear whomever on that, a bit like me watching TV now as we're filming this. And so what happens is it kind of overlays in the lower and the upper realms overlay the everyday world that we're all used to. Once we start becoming more in tune with that, 
we find that there's more and more of those beings that want to come in and be supportive and helpful. So I'm kind of curious as to how you're going with your explorations of that. Are you, are you playing with the lower world or the upper world? The, the lower world, for those who don't know, when I'm referring to that, actually means the place where the, the um, eternal energy, if you like, the spirit self of power animals and trees and crystals and stone beings and all the elemental beings of earth, air, fire and water and spirit live. Whereas if I'm talking about the upper realms, that's where everything from the mythical beings to ascended masters, archangels, star beings and so on come from. So are you finding there's a, a, you're more comfortable in one of those realms than the other or is it more every day for you? How do you do that, Jess? Yeah, um, well, in all, all truth, I actually can't wait until I can actually get in when I'm not so busy to actually do stuff every single day. And I think, but I think I'm more comfortable with, um, I mean, you took me through the power animals and that sort of thing, and that was amazing, meeting the power animals. But I find that I don't just gravitate towards that as much as what I do um, spirit, um, like um, pass over loved ones and um, guides and everything. Um, but I'm, I'm really like, next year will be a changing for me because my youngest will start school. So I'll actually have time to actually really, you know, knuckle down and actually really get into it and actually do all the aspects of everything. Because at the moment, I just do what I can do when I've got a bit of time. You know, I don't have, yeah, I don't have enough time to do everything I want to, but next year I will be able to. Um, but, yeah, I, I find that I sort of just go with where I'm guided to go as well. Fantastic. Something, something nags at me. Yeah, something nags at me. Like I can feel a nag from this grandma over my shoulder or I, the other day I was doing the dishes and I had, you know, I could feel the spirit guides high up above me and I knew that I had to go and, go and do a reading or I've got to go sit down and have some quiet time and hear what it is I need to hear. So they have a way of prodding you to say, hey, come on, get your bum in the gear. Yes. I just need, I need to get something through to you at the moment where you're not being hectic, crazy mum, wife, mm -hmm. you know. So, I think so that's really relevant for everyone out there to know because, you know, life, everyday life can get really busy and hectic, especially when you've got little fellas. And Jules also runs her own little business. So when you're trying to combine all of that with spirit, and spirit can be quite um, pushy, if we want to put it like that, in a nice way, when they're trying to get our attention about something or if there's a spirit that wants to come through because they've got a really important message to share with family member of ours or friends or people that we might have as clients coming in. So you are slowly making your way with all of this from what I'm hearing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Slowly I am. And sometimes I think probably more is coming through to me than what I um, I take on board. Because my brain's so busy doing other stuff, I could have more stuff come in, but I sort of, I don't hear it as well as if I would as if I didn't have so much going on. Um, but I think also now, one of the main things I'm learning too is when I see a, see a photo and get an instant knowing of the situation just from a photo from the person, um, I need to know that that's, it's not just made up, that it's actually a, a knowing. Um, so that's one thing I'm learning as well. And that's what I'm finding at the moment, sort of working with that. I, and that's another thing where I'm sort of like going, wow, it's, I mean, it's just incredible. Like some of the stuff that I'm getting through, but I'm still learning how to process, is just mind-blowing to me. Like, so I'm really excited to actually be able to next year, you know, I've got more time, to actually really explore and really, really get into it, get my teeth into it. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait to see how you evolve with all of this. Too. I think it's just going to be absolutely stupendous and lots and lots of fun for you because I know for myself and other people that I work with or if I'm doing readings for folk, it can be like that. There's just so much sometimes coming in that I find my speech starts to accelerate as I'm doing the reading because I'm trying to get all the stuff that they're sharing with me 
to that person and then you might have beings popping in like keeps happening with you and I. Uh, I can see beings popping in around you because they're all like, yay, she's finally out there doing this. This is really good. And they want to encourage that. So even as we're talking now, and I'm hoping that people that are watching this can um, see it as well as I'm watching it. And if I do this around my own head, I'm just showing you this is what's going on with Jules or as she's talking the more she expands, it gets bigger. And then there's like gold energy and stuff like that. So you, you learn to use your peripheral vision as you're watching and it's like you get yourself out of the road, that mind part that wants to try and analyse it all and you just can feel, see, hear and know whatever it is you're meant to be doing. So you, you've been working with it really well. And I like the idea and maybe you'd like to share a little bit more about how you found doing this. Jules was talking earlier about how she uses a photograph or suddenly there might be a photograph and she realises that it's her grandma or her nanny coming in to have a chat. How do you find it when you use the photographs? Like what do you actually do if you were to give this as a tip for somebody out there watching us now and who's sort of new to it like you? How do you sit with that photograph? What actually is your process? Well, sometimes I don't even have a process. I'll sort of see it and just know about... Um, I had a friend send me a picture of, of something and I instantly got information about it. And I said that to her and it didn't actually, she didn't actually know what I was talking about at that time. But then she texted me yesterday and said, oh, Jules, what you said has completely just come true because it actually came to the surface. So it made sense for her after the fact, yeah, which was good. Um, but otherwise, I've got um, one reading that I've done, I've had a photo because I haven't known the person. Um, and I sort of just looked at the photo and then I just kept that picture in my mind as I was doing the reading. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't look at the photo and talk to the photo or anything. I literally just have a look at the photo, get what feelings that is, sort of internalise that when I do the reading. And that's usually enough to actually get enough information for a reading, generally. Fantastic. Yeah, so you're really starting to evolve your processes. You're getting more confident, aren't you? I am. I am now because it's... And that's where that was one of the hardest things for me to get my head around and sort of still is in a way that you, you're actually you're not making it up. Because part of your brain still, like even when you're doing a reading, part of your brain still says, oh, is that true? You're making that up. But it's like, no. And you've got to try and stay focused. Because yes. so it's sort of sometimes, it's sort of like a fight sometimes. I am learning and I am curbing that. But that's been quite a, a big deal for me um, to, actually, to actually learn that you're actually not making it up. And when that light bulb went off, it's like, oh, I don't make it up. It's actually, it's, it's real. And then I can actually get into it a bit more. I think that's a really brilliant point for people to make because a lot of us feel like we have to be absolutely able to analyse every aspect of whatever's come through for us and that's not actually how it works when you're working with spirit. A lot of this stuff is non-verbal, so hence the reason why we might get flashes of light around us or the orbs coming in or you'll see an aura or people's faces will pop up or whatever, however it works for each of us as an individual. You can't actually ever go down and, and do the scientific ex or rational explanation for all of this stuff because it's beyond that. It's what Native American folk call the great mystery. Some things can't be explained by the everyday human mind and our lower self is that part of us that wants to try and get an absolutely encyclopedic uh, definition, if you want to call it, about this is how I'm going to do it, this is the process. It doesn't work like that for me at least and I find that the more I keep that part of me out of the road that wants to try and explain it all and just allow and flow with it, 
the more the reading or the healing or the session I'm teaching just blows everybody's mind, including mine, because of the energy that's coming through and the awarenesses and the insights. And you've, you've got to be able to stay flexible, I think, with all of this. Are you finding that? You, you can't just have one particular way that you do it. Like it might work when you're doing something with one person, but with another, it, it kind of can reflect people's personalities, I find. Have you found that? Yeah, well, maybe because I've sort of probably only been doing the, the reading thing for maybe six months and I've only done sort of, you know, a, a few, you know, probably about seven or eight of them. Um, but I found because when I sort of like go by how I'm guided to sort of do it and that's where I go, I might go into a reading and have the person beside me to visualise, you know, so I'm there, but then that doesn't work. Nothing comes in. So then I actually just let it flow how naturally it wants to flow and that's when I see everything in front of me. Yeah, yeah. That's so that, it. That's Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you were to give a tip to everybody out there watching this, especially those that are just new and just starting to play around and explore with it, what would you would your one tip be to start them off in a good way? Mm. Oh, one tip, goodness, trying to... Well, what I did is you just need... You really just need to be really quiet and you've got to let go of any sort of inhibitions or the way you think it should happen. You've got to let go of that. You've really just got to open up your mind and just literally just see and hear everything that comes in, just take note of it. Like, and it's sometimes hard not to talk back. That, I know that sounds weird, but sometimes when you've got information coming in, you're like, oh, where'd that come from? It's like, try not to talk back to it. Just let it flow in. So mm -hmm. eventually, um, so I think with me, that was my biggest thing was switching that side of the brain off that wants to talk and actually just letting it happen naturally. I think for, yeah, I think that'd be my biggest tip is just to, just to let it roll naturally and not try to force anything to happen. Bravo. I think that's a really great point for everybody to know out there. And, and um, if, you know, if you're finding that that medium side of you or perhaps some of the other ways of working with spirit are coming through for you, don't be frightened to reach out and see who's out there that you can ask for help because that can be part of your process of learning and growing. Some people just get it all and do it all right from the go get by themselves. But there are folk out there that are really beautiful teachers and guides and you don't want the guru person that you've got to do it their way or the highway. You want somebody that is there to support you in your own intuitive processes and learning and development and growth. And I like that, that you've been able to discern this is what works, but if I force it, then it's not going to happen. So... We're nearly running out of time. What I'd like to do now is just invite Jules to please let you know how she can be contacted if you would like to just maybe ask a little bit more about her or find out because what we didn't get to mention earlier was she actually makes the most incredible clothes for babies and stuff like that too. So her creativity and her intuition sort of go hand in glove. So you just want to just share with that with everyone, please. Um, just about my sewing and stuff? Yeah, about your sewing and about if people wanted to read it, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, you could, if you did want to get in touch with me, especially if um, you're just new to this, sort of like I am, and sort of need, because when I was in the early time, when I actually didn't know what was going on before I met Lynn, um, it would be nice if I had someone to reach out to and actually gone through it, to actually let me know that, no, you're not going crazy. Um, so you can email me. I'm not sure if, can you put emails on this, when this airs? There'll be a link up that, that um, Michelle will put up before us. People can read your bio and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, feel free to email me. I'm more than happy to um, give you guidance and or any questions or anything. I'm more than happy to help help you out with any of that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's been absolutely brilliant. Can't wait to see what this is going to look like when it goes to air. For those of you out there who want to get in touch with me, 
you'll find all my infos up on the um, Enlightened Conversations website. But just quickly, my uh, URL for my website, if you just look up rainbowlabyrinth.com, there's no www in front of it. You'll find me. I'm also on Facebook as Lynn Smith Rainbow Lynn in brackets. And I really look forward to seeing you next time. And Jules, love and light to you. It's been absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for sharing a really beautiful show. In oh, your so awesome. Thanks for inviting me. So I think it's really important to sort of get it out there that what the, the awakenings that don't have to be scary if you've got the right information and the right people to go to to help you through it. So you've been the gold That is a gold tip, everybody. High five for that one. Big stars. So thank you all, and we'll see you on Enlightened Conversations with Lynn Simone.